Appreciate that. Well, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7 in your Bibles this morning. I appreciate good music. I appreciate all the hard work it takes to put that together. And uh, folks' willingness to serve the Lord that way. Uh, People that have the talent to do that. I'm very, very thankful for the talent that God has sent to Riverside Baptist Church. And uh, certainly it's God-honoring music. Services such as this are all about Him. They're all about Him. It's, it's all about lifting Him up and, and hearing from Him. I appreciate that very much. Matthew chapter 7, look down to verse number 15. Verse number 15. Of course, here in Matthew 7, we are uh, uh, there. It, mm, we're, we're right here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Of course, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Beatitudes and Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount was, uh, was taught, was preached to uh, Jesus' 12 disciples, the men that were closest to him. Don't have time to set all of that up, but the multitudes were following him. And as they followed him, Jesus went up on a mountainside and set himself. And the Bible says that they came up and set themselves down and he began to teach them, to teach them. So it was taught to the twelve disciples. Um, and he told them this, beginning in Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits shall ye, know, uh, sh- ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Um, We're going to focus beginning on the verses beginning there in verse 21. In fact, I'd like for us to read them together out loud, beginning in verse 21 down through verse number 23. I'd like for us to read that together out loud, just to kind of get us all on the same page, in the same mindset. So let's do that, beginning in verse number 21. You ready? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I titled a message for this morning, You Better Be Sure. You better be sure. Let's pray, we'll get on with it. Father, one last time, we ask you for your power and guidance. 
by your spirit in all that we say and do. Without you, we can do nothing. We, we fully admit that in front of this congregation. And we know that, uh, we know that if anything is going to happen because of this, it will happen because of you. We ask you for clarity of thought and speech. We ask you for boldness, uh, Lord, liberty to preach. Uh, Father, just as you would have this message preached. And then for the hearts of the listeners, that they would be open and receptive. And again, if someone here doesn't know Christ, that you'd speak clearly to them about that. Help us, Lord, with this message we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please do be seated. Our reading started out this morning, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. I think that's important in the day and time that we live in. Beware of false prophets. And we don't need to be out there trying to hunt them down. I mean, what we do is we discern whether or not they're being truthful by what the Word of God says. If they're not true to the Word of God, then there's a big problem, isn't there? But there's no need to go out there and try to seek them out. Because if someone is a wolf, their speech and their acts, their fruit, will eventually show who they are. So Jesus says, beware. Beware of those types of people. You know, when, we're, when you're driving around, when you're driving uh, your car, there are all types of warning signs out there as you go along. But that's what they are. They're warnings. Um, something to make you aware of possible danger. And, and that, that is what Jesus is saying to us. Be aware because there are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. Uh, be discerning. Uh, and then he continues on. And uh, I'd have to say he's preaching. He's preaching. I mean, he's not just passing out flowers, telling everybody how good they are. And boy, let me give you something that's going to make you feel all warm and fuzzy so you can go out and be, be the best you can be this week and all that. No, 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 no. He uh, brings about a pretty stern warning at this point in the message. And uh, in my mind, I can't help but picture Jesus looking straight at Judas as he says, verses 21 through 23, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We have to think about it. Judas has been listening to this whole sermon. And now it comes to a part that uh, seems to be just for him. God still does that during preaching. No, he's a personal God and he uses his word. I mean, he can arrest our attention at just the right time and convince us of the greatest need in our life at that time, can't he? I mean, that's our God. He does that with the preaching of his word. And I have to believe that this must hit Judas right between the eyes. I mean, because there are false prophets, no doubt, but there are also false professors. People that say that they know Christ as their Savior, but they don't actually know Christ as their Savior. And so what Jesus is showing me right here is that he is very concerned, Jesus is very concerned 
about those that have made a mouth profession only because a mouth profession only will send you to hell just as quickly as no profession. It's the truth. Now, I do understand that we make professions with our mouth. The Bible talks about that over in Romans chapter eight, uh, Romans chapter ten, verse eight. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that's pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Come on, just straight out, truly, right there in the Word of God. But we see two things here. Believe in thine heart and confess with thy mouth. So salvation is not something that we come to know just by intellect. It's not done just by, in, no, no, it's not done just by intellect. It's not just another decision along with, you know, uh, what color of socks am I going to wear today? It's not an intellectual decision that is made by itself. Uh, this is a belief that must affect your heart. This is a belief that must affect your inner being. And then you receive what is offered by a mouth confession. There are many people Uh, who fully expect to end up in heaven one day, but have never done what these verses say. And and everyone's experience is a little bit different. I understand that. Uh, uh, Think about a few that we know of in the Word of God. Over in Luke chapter 18, the publican that stood there, he just stumped on his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He knew what he needed, and God was merciful to that man, Jesus said. In Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, that was, that was not a statement that was made lightly for that Ethiopian. He was turning away from everything that he had been taught in his life to turn to Christ. He was turning away from all the other so that he could turn to Christ. In Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Uh, Paul acknowledged at that point in his life, that there was someone worthy to have control of his life. He was turning to that one, the very one that he had been against for so very long. I mean, he had killed Jesus' servants, but now he was confessing him as Lord. Uh, Not everywhere we read about salvation in the Bible does it give a direct quote of what each person said at that particular time. However, we do know this. We know this, the gift of salvation that God offers up to everyone is received by believing in your heart that's really wanting it. It's really wanting it, what God is offering here, and then confessing it with your mouth. Really wanting it. Realizing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Realizing that your sins need to be forgiven if you're ever going to make it to heaven. Realizing that God is true in what he says. This is not some sort of a magic prayer. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's there's not this magic prayer that gets you in. In fact, I'll say it boldly. It's not a prayer that saves you. 
But if you have ever been saved, it's because you believed in your heart that you needed it and you confessed Christ as your way to get it. But there's no magic prayer to say to get it. Well, preacher, what about those that that aren't able to speak? Well, I, I believe in such instances that God listens to the heart. But however, however, it's not like a mouth confession isn't important, but not every mouth confession is for real. I mean, Jesus said it right there in verses 21 and 22. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. We see two things in this passage of Scripture that are very, very prevalent in our society today among those who profess to know Christ as their Savior. Excuse me. And the first one of those is words. Words. Let me just say this. Words do not make it happen. Again, there's no, there's no magic prayer. There's no magic words that you can say. It's, it's not that at all. No, no, no. Again, not everyone that saith unto me. Verse 22, many will say unto me in that day. It's easy to say. It's easy to open up your mouth and say. Really, if you attempt to talk to anyone about their spiritual condition today, if you're prone to talk to people that way, you'll find that many, not, not everybody, but everybody, uh, but many will say, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or yeah, 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 I'm a believer. Sure I am. Sure, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, yeah, oh, no, no. I, I said that prayer. I said that prayer. I remember years ago I said that prayer. Yep, said that prayer. Well, it's simple to say the sinner's prayer. Simple to say it. There's a lot of people that have said the sinner's prayer because it's an easy thing to do. And, and, and if, if you have a good plan of presentation, I mean, if you can sit down with your Bible and you have this plan to present this and you appeal to a person's intellect and you appeal to their emotions, you can probably get them to say the sinner's prayer. Doesn't take a whole lot to get them to say that, especially children. We're very careful with children around here because it's not the prayer that saves you. But if we can just get them to say this prayer, it's not the prayer that saves you. Stay with me here. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Just because you have said that prayer does not mean that you've been born again. April 1984, I got down beside my coffee table. I cried out to God. Well, what'd you say, preacher? I don't remember. I, I knew I needed the Lord. I knew I, I, knew I needed saved. I, I knew I was on my way to hell without Him. I knew I wanted what He had to offer me at that time. And when I cried out to him that morning, a broken man, to, the words I cried out, whatever they were, came from here. I wanted what he had to offer. And there I was, just a hopeless dope head, beside my coffee table, by myself, just me and God. And I cried out to God, 
asking him to save me. And he did. Because uh, he had dealt with my heart. He had brought me to that place where I knew that's what I needed. And I wanted it. I've been in situations before where uh, people have been uh, buttonholed to say the sinner's prayer. If you'll just say this. Well, you know, I'm not a... But but you don't understand. You don't want to go to hell, do you? Oh, no, I don't want to go to hell. Well, if you'll just say this prayer. Well, you know, it's not something... No, no, I'm telling you, this is very important. You need to say this prayer right now. But I just don't... No, you don't understand. And before long, yeah, they say the prayer, but it's just to get people off their back. And it's not the prayer that saves you. There has to be conviction of the Holy Spirit. There has to be a desire to come to Christ. Because, I mean, if you're going to come to Christ, you have to turn away from something, don't you? Now, I'm not talking about a work salvation. But it's like, man, oh man, oh man, I know that I need that more than I need anything else. And I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to get it. It's important that we know, that we know, that we know that we have been saved by the grace of God. Come on, it's easy to say. It's easy, it's, words are easy. It's easy to say. It's easy to say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's easy to say John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's easy to say, well, I love Jesus. I love Jesus just as much as anybody loves Jesus. Come on, man, get off my back. Words are easy. One Bible commentator makes a good point about uh, those in these verses that are saying, Lord, Lord, whoever he's referring to here. Maybe they say it politely, Lord. Lord, I mean, it may be like they're saying, sir. I mean, with a real respect to, to whom they are speaking or, or maybe with a, uh, an orthodoxy. I mean, a real belief in Bible doctrines. They believe all this. I mean, someone may say, Lord, Lord, meaning that Jesus is divine, that, that he is the son of God, that he is God in the flesh. I mean, someone can have it all down theologically and intellectually and correct about their Bible belief, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is Lord, whether He is the Lord of your life or not. But just just claiming that you believe in Jesus is not enough. Because the Bible says that the devils believe and they tremble. He said some may say it very fervently. Lord, Lord, well, I mean, with all the zeal, all the fervor that they can muster up and still be dead in their sins. And there are even those, I mean, he, he claims it here, Jesus claims it here. There are even those that, that are very public about what they have done for God. Well, you know, I've done a lot of good things in God's name. No, I'm not talking about someone that has some secret profession. No, 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 no. They're, they're quick to say what all that they have done. Well, I've preached and I've done miraculous works in, the, in Jesus' name. Hey, I've cast out demons. That's what he says. 
People can say just about anything they want to say, but that doesn't make it so. So simple words that are spoken very politely with orthodoxy or with fervor and and in public are met with this response from the Lord. Depart. I never knew you. Because words by themselves do not make it so. But works don't make it happen either. Well, you don't know how much I've done. No, no, it doesn't matter how much you've done. That, that don't make it happen either. Verse number 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and thy name cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? It's really a fact that anybody can put some kind of outline together and get up and preach. I mean, never knowing Jesus as their Savior, having made a false profession, get up and, I mean, you know, lay it out there. There have, there have been some that have done many wonderful works. I'm talking about feeding the hungry or building hospitals or sending Bibles around the world, and they have a false profession. They've never known Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I mean, Bible examples of that should make us really stand up and take notice, sit up and take notice. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7, says, uh, Jesus said, you hypocrites, well, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus himself was accusing the people of his day on putting up a front. They put up a good front. Oh, what do you mean, preacher? Well, they were saying all of the right things, but their heart was far from him. They were professing without possession of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was just a bunch of lip service. It was just a bunch of empty words, all very empty. We cannot truly worship God without knowing Christ as our Savior. Because the Bible says we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Have you ever given much thought to, any real thought to Judas during the time of walking with Jesus? I mean, he walked with Jesus for three plus years. I mean, they're serving with him. So when Jesus sent out the men to preach, Judas went too. And the miracles, I mean, casting out demons and healing, I mean... Judas was right there along with them. He was right there, day after day. No, 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 it wasn't like Judas was just there hanging out with these these other men and never doing anything. No, 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 no. When Jesus talked about one being in their midst that would betray him, Judas said, Lord, is it I? So so how do you think he felt, or how do you think that he acted while he sat through this whole message that Jesus was preaching on the hillside? I mean, there was probably some real conviction going on, don't you think? I mean, the Son of God himself preaching the message? There was probably some pretty strong conviction going on. 
He, he probably stared at the ground a lot. Didn't want to look up at the one that was preaching to him. Didn't want to pay attention to that. He probably squirmed a little bit. He probably just wanted to get up and leave. He could probably hardly wait for the dismissal prayer. Let's just get this over with, mercy. It's almost lunchtime. Here's the fact of the matter. Judas wasn't real. No matter what he had said, no matter what he had done, Judas wasn't real. Okay, Pastor, well, who are you accusing of being lost in this room? I'm not accusing anyone of being lost. That's not my responsibility. No, 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 no. This message is what Jesus said. Beware. Be sure. Beware of false prophets. Beware of yourself. No, no, no. Be aware of yourself. Don't let anything stop you from making sure that you've been saved from your sin. Jesus is ready and waiting to receive the worst of sinners, thank the Lord. Or, or the one that, the one, even the one that has professed to being saved, but knows they're not. He's ready to save from the worst to the best. I mean, anybody that has never been saved, he's ready to receive them, even if they've said before that they've been saved. And how many times have we seen that, if you've been in church long at all? People making professions. And then maybe years later getting saved by the grace of God. There must be a way then. There, 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 a test that will make things clear. See, we definitely need to understand. This test has to be more than words or, or, or works that go along with words. When I see in the Bible, what I see in the Bible, that, that which is the proof of knowing Christ is, get this, get this, get this, is moral obedience. Obedience. Moral obedience. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, why, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That's pretty pointed, isn't it? God still speaks to us, right? Let's just strip everything back and take a, take a deep look. Is the profession that you have made accompanied by a uh, heart obedience to Jesus Christ? Or, or do you work all the time doing things that will make people think 
that you really know Christ as your Savior. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been baptized and all, you know. You know, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm a preacher. I, you know, I come to, you know, come on. Okay, but do you have the leading of His Spirit to live a life for Him? I think I said in the message sometime in the past weeks, uh, I referred to being away from God after I got saved. And I did get away from God. And I hate that part of my testimony, which it never happened. But I couldn't stay away from God. Now, I was miserable. Even though outwardly I was doing what I wanted to do, inside I was miserable. And the Lord would not leave me alone. And really and truly, my heart to live a life for Him, overcame my own wicked desires and what I wanted to do. Because from the time that I got saved, I had a heart desire to live for Him. Come on, that's why not long after I saved, I mean, I mean not long after I saved, God cleaned up my filthy mouth, hallelujah. And I didn't want to go to the bar rooms anymore. And I didn't want to do dope anymore. And I didn't want to hang around with the people that I'd been around before. No, no, no. That wasn't Bill Marshall. That was something only God could have done. He gave me a heart to follow Him. To obey Him. To allow Him to lead me in the way that He would have me to go. He gave me that heart. It was from Him. Think about this with me. Over in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse number 10 says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're saved by the grace of God. If we are saved, we're saved by the grace of God. It's not of works that we have done. But we are His workmanship once we are saved. And it was before ordained by Him that we should walk in these good works. I don't do what I do for the Lord trying to prove that I know God, I do what I do for the Lord because I do know God. Do you do the things that you do so that others will think that you're real or to gain acceptance with with other believers? Or, Or do you do what you do because... It's the natural surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm asking you, is there something that has been there since you came to know Christ? Something that prompts you to do the right thing. Is it there? I'm telling you, no, no. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves in there. He doesn't leave. And He won't leave you alone. He prompts you. To do the things that God would have you to do. Uh, okay. Preacher, I don't know if I'm following you. Okay. Uh, 
Suppose I take that pine tree over there and uh, I tie a bunch of apples to it. And then I look at you and I say, this is an apple tree. And you say, well, uh, looks like a pine tree to me. I say, nope, it's an apple tree. Just because I say it's an apple tree doesn't make it so. But come on, man. There's apples on the tree. So, hey. Well, if they naturally grew there, then we would know it was an apple tree, wouldn't we? If they naturally grew there. But with apples simply being tied onto that evergreen tree, it's not a real apple tree. It's not real. Nope. It's something else. Well, what are you trying to say, preacher? Well, I'm asking you to check your own heart. Because I can't see your heart. But I want people to be saved by the grace of God. You know, you know. No, no, no. You know if your works are a response to God's working in you or if they are just an effort to convince, maybe try to convince God and others that you are in fact an apple tree. Look at what I'm doing, preacher. And please get this. We, we need not to be trying to discern if others are really real. We need only concern ourselves with this. Am I real? Do I really know Christ? I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 tells us, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Examine yourselves. You know, it's hard enough to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ when you are a believer. It becomes really an impossibility with someone that's never truly been saved. You can only fake it so long. Now remember, Judas was there and he heard all of this straight from Jesus' own mouth. Now get this, get this, get this. And he went right on just living the same old way. No, he took this directly from Jesus. But he didn't let it change him. He kept decorating himself with fruit that wasn't real. And then it's sad to say that he died and went to hell. He walked with Jesus himself. Heard this preaching from the Lord himself. And just continued to live the way he wanted to live. Act like he was just like all the other guys there. And then he died and went to hell. 
because he had never truly trusted Christ as Savior. How, 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 how sad. I mean, truly sad. Why would anyone that has had the chance to truly trust Christ as their personal Savior not do it and then go ahead and play the Christian game? It really doesn't even make good sense, Brother Terry. Brother Marshall, come on, Pastor, man, live. Why do you always have to talk about this? I mean, why do you always have to bring up these things like like hell and repentance and all that? Well, because I don't want anyone to die and go to hell. To sit in church all of your life and then end up in hell would be a shame. And I'm telling you, there's not many churches that even preach the gospel anymore. I talked to someone just this past week that from another state, some good friends, and 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 they moved. They were looking. They were looking for a church. They said we've we've attended two different churches uh, several times at each one on a Sunday mornings and never heard the gospel one time. Well, I can promise you, as long as I'm here, you'll continue to get a regular diet of it around here in 2021. Because I love to hear it. It's what changed my life. That Jesus came, perfect Son of God. That He lived a sinless life and died a vicarious death shedding His blood on the cross. That he was laid in a tomb dead for three days, but rose victorious over hell and death and sin. That he sits at the hand of the right, uh, the right hand of the Father, ready to receive anyone that will come to him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. I know that's a true statement because I was a whosoever. And I was so unworthy of what He offered me. Forgiveness of sin, eternal life, a life in heaven, a life with Him, new life. I was so unworthy of all of that. And yet believing in my heart that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. A willingness to confess that and to call upon Him. And He saved my soul just like that. And turned my life around. I'm going to keep telling people. You're going to hear it a lot. What about you? What do you mean, preacher? Are you sitting where Judas sat? Are you like him? It's so important that we make sure we have it all settled. I preach, you know, well, you know, preacher, I'll get it settled one of these days. Why not now? Why not today? Well, preacher, to tell you the truth, I've, I've got some things in my life that, though that you're more important than this.
And that's, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm not trying to just get you to make a profession. I just preached the whole message against that. You have to want it. You have to know that God has spoken to your heart about it. You have to truly desire it, but I'm telling you, no, no, no. If you get to that place and you know that you need it and you really want it, I'm telling you, He'll save you just like that. That's our God. That's the reason Jesus came. That's the reason Jesus came. He came to die for our sin. Are you like Judas? Just staring at the ground? Wishing it'd be over? Examine your heart. Lest there come a day that you hear, I never knew you. Depart from me. What a horrible thought. You better be sure. Eternity is real. There really is a heaven and there really is a hell. You better be sure. Putting on a front won't get you there. Saying all the right things won't get you there. Only putting your faith and trust in what Jesus did for you will get you there. You better be sure. Let's bow our heads. Would you bow your head with me? You're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't have it settled. I'm not sure. Preacher, would you please just remember to pray for me? Well, I'd like to do that. No, no, you don't have it settled in your heart and you know you don't. And I'm not asking you to come. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not asking you to come and do anything this morning at all. I'm just, I'd, I'd like to pray for you because you're not sure. And I'd really like to pray for you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Preacher, I'm not sure. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? Just give me, a, give me an opportunity. Give me a chance to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come to you. I would just like to pray for you. Preacher, that's me. I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know that I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I just don't know. Preacher, please pray for me. Let's stand to our feet, our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. Thank you for speaking to the hearts of people. I pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior. I pray that you'd continue to deal with their heart. Their heart. I pray you'd continue to work in their lives. I pray you, oh Lord, would convince them and convict them, and you would bring them to that place of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it's too late. I pray even as they leave here today without knowing Christ, 
that you'd not leave them alone about it. Lord, we don't want them to go to hell. And I know you don't. It's made clear in your word. It's made clear because you sent your only begotten son. So Lord, continue to work in their lives, in their hearts, or even if they would come today and allow us to take a Bible, what a wonderful thing, and trust Christ, show them how they can trust Christ as their Savior. We pray that your will would be done in all of that. And then maybe you've spoken to others' hearts. Maybe there are some here that truly know you but have wandered away and uh, aren't bearing much good fruit. Maybe they need to come. I don't know what needs to happen, Lord. We just pray that the next several minutes that these altars will be used for your honor and your glory. We thank you for your goodness and you speaking to us. And we ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Our heads are bowed. You need to come this morning. Why don't you let God have his way in your heart and your life? Start out 2021, the first Sunday of 2021. Renewing some things with God. You don't know Christ as your Savior. Why don't you come this morning? We've got people that can take you aside with a Bible and show you how you can have that all settled. You can have that settled before you ever leave here, if that's what you want. Maybe you just need to know more about it. We'd be happy to help you with that, whatever the need is.